0: In this series we're following the story of the people of God when they faced their own lockdown right at the heart of the Old Testament. They were powered down in their life and mission for God and God used that opportunity to reset them for his life and mission in the world. And what can we learn and understand about their experience and all that God said to them that helps us in our lockdown as we prepare to be powered up again? Maybe God is resetting us in the same way that he reset them. We looked over the beginning weeks at some passages in Isaiah and reminded ourselves of some great truths. That when God resets his people, he uses us, that we are included individually and together. Why? Because he loves us. And we were reminded through the messages that Isaiah brought to those people long ago that even though they felt abandoned by God, even though they felt alone, even if they thought they'd lost their place and purpose in the world. So many feelings that perhaps we would relate to during this time. God reminded them that he loved them, that his love for them was certain and they would be at the centre of what God would do afresh in The world. Great encouragement from Isaiah. And then we have been looking at a picture that God gave the people through the prophet Ezekiel of what this new life would be like centered around the temple. And so we've been looking at Isaiah, uh, sorry, Ezekiel chapter 47 and this vision that God gave the people of what they would be like powered up and reset in the world and we've seen how it all begins at the altar the death and resurrection of Jesus is central to everything that God has always done in the old testament it was anticipating now in the new testament and beyond it's in the light of but the death and resurrection lies at the center of it all it's where the life of God comes from And we've seen, haven't we, in Ezekiel chapter 47, that that life of God flows out from the altar and it goes out into the world. And as you follow those verses in Ezekiel chapter 47, it becomes a great river bringing life and healing wherever it goes. But today, I want to remind us of one truth... Well, I guess we already know but it's easy to forget and it's there in Ezekiel chapter 47. The life of God, the river begins as a trickle. There's that lovely verse that it trickles forth. It begins very small. Not only does it begin very small, but if you read the picture that Ezekiel is giving them, the life of God, this river, this trickle begins very small and it takes quite a long while to really get into a full flow. So it it begins really small and even so many cubits out, you can read it there, they're still only ankle deep. So it takes a little while before it gets its full momentum and its full power. It's a kingdom principle, isn't it? Jesus talked about it. He told a parable of a mustard seed. Why a mustard seed? Uh, Why uh, choose a mustard seed? Because it's probably the smallest of all the seeds. And he he talks about the, the mustard seed growing into a big tree. The kingdom of God is like that. It starts very small, almost insignificant at its beginnings, easy to miss, easy to get frustrated with, easy to think nothing's happening. It starts very small, but it grows into something huge and monumental, the parable of the mustard seed, a kingdom principle. And Jesus lived out that kingdom principle. He rejected the big start. There were moments when they wanted to make him king and Jesus said no. He rejected the big start, often rushing away from the crowds to start with the disciples. He would preach to the crowds, but then he would withdraw the moment that big momentum began because Jesus knew it was an illusion. Big starts, Big moments are not the kingdom way. Something that starts small does then grow into something hugely significant. Jesus started small with 12 disciples. By the end of his ministry, having rejected the crowd, having rejected the calls for him to be king, having rejected so many others that wanted their own teaching, a messiah, a saviour in their own image, he ends up with just 120 people in an upper room, multiples of 12 notice just out of Uh, interest there. And a very relative small beginning. But that group of people, as the spirit came upon them, were going to literally start to change the world. And we know as we go through the book of Acts, it starts to talk about God adding to their number, and then it moves into this beautiful moment when it starts talking about the way the believers were multiplying. started very small, and then the growth, that growth curve, that exponential curve, if you're into graphs and maths and all of that data stuff, it's an exponential curve. It starts small, looks like nothing much is happening, and then it begins to really Shoot up. Maybe graphs and data is not your thing. I don't know what your thing is. Uh, maybe this illustration will help. I uh, I need strategies to stop me uh, laughing at inappropriate uh, uh, at inappropriate times and places. And one of those strategies to keep me focused, to keep me centered, is I start adding numbers. In fact, I start multiplying numbers. I double numbers. Two, four, eight. 16, 32, 64, 128... Notice what's happening what started really small 2 4 8 16 soon becomes 256 512 and on I go up into the thousands tens of thousands a small beginning takes quite a while after after several uh multiplications I'm still only on 64 and then a, a, a 128 but very soon it starts to really really climb. That's how the kingdom of God works, Jesus. It starts really small. We've seen those graphs, we've seen it in reality over this last year. It started really small in a province in China, one or two people with a virus. And then a few more people got the virus, and then a few more people. And we were months in, and it still seemed quite small and insignificant. But suddenly those numbers began to climb. That's a kingdom principle. What starts small begins to grow. Now, what's all that got to do with this vision in Ezekiel chapter 47? Well, the people of God went back after they were released from lockdown. As God began to power them up, they went back and they started to try and live out this vision from Ezekiel chapter 47. But do you know what? It was a very small beginning. And when they started to live it out, So many of their high hopes and expectations were completely dashed. I mean, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? For the, for the next few months that we might expect as we put such high hopes on, on being released out of lockdown. The word of God is so relevant, uh, to us. It's almost as if this part of scripture was written to us and for us in these, uh, moments, in these days. So they, they went back, but the beginnings, it didn't, it didn't flourish straight away. It didn't look big and grand and wonderful. It it didn't look like the life of God was changing the world very quickly. Just a small beginning. And they were getting frustrated. They were thinking that it was insignificant. They were thinking that it didn't make much uh, sense. And God sent the prophet Zechariah, one of the many prophets that God sent to help the people during this whole period of of reset, of lockdown, of being repowered and rebooted in the mission of God. God sent Zechariah. And Zechariah carried the message to motivate the people and to remind them that something starting small mustn't be despised, mustn't be rejected. But small beginnings is the kingdom way and they grow into beautiful things. And we know that in our experience, don't we? We know that something very small. Why don't we serve coffee to those who walk past us when we're in worship on a Sunday morning? Why don't we knock on a door of a house of young people and say, can we help you with your Christmas party? Why don't we begin a sewing cafe with those people who love to sew and create things and allow relationships to flourish and celebrate life's moments with one another? Why don't we just gather a few friends and start reading the Bible and see what God does? Why don't we have lunch at work together the same day every week and invite people to join us for conversation? And so what starts small begins to grow into something beautiful. But because it starts small, it's easy to ignore it. Or to forget about it, or to think that it's not very significant, and it stays small for quite a while, so it's easy to give up. And Zechariah was sent to the people who were feeling like, oh, what's the point? We want to give up. We haven't grown into much yet. Uh, it's it's not really of much value, and God sent Zechariah to say, "Look, this is a kingdom principle. Do not despise, do not reject, do not ignore small beginnings, because God is doing something really amazing." And that's in verse ten of Zechariah chapter four that we heard read to us earlier on. And so Zechariah comes with that message: Do not despise small beginnings. And the reminder in verse 6 that small beginnings are so valuable because it's God's spirit that will bring it about. It's not by might or by power or by our own effort, but by God's spirit that small things grow into something incredible. And so he was reminding the people to uh, value what God was already doing to lean on the Holy Spirit and to be confident, verse six, that God would finish it. Sorry, verse nine, that God would finish it, that God would bring it to uh, completion. Such an important message as they began to rebuild and quickly got disillusioned, disappointed disaffected, thinking this, this small beginning will never amount to much. And God sends Zechariah to say, no, pay attention to the small beginnings. Invite the Holy Spirit to be the lifeblood of it. Depend on him, not your own might and your own strength. And trust the promise that God will complete what he is uh, doing. So what's all that got to do with us as we begin to think about being powered up? Well, this is the question. What small thing has God started in you? What small thing has God started in you? Even now, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would bring to your minds the things that he has started that perhaps are so small you've hardly noticed or hardly thought about it or hardly given it any, uh, any credence or significance. But God is saying, pay attention to the small thing that I have started in you and invite my Holy Spirit to give it life knowing that he will complete in us everything that he has started you see it may be that you are responsible for the birth of a of a of a new community life in your neighborhood uh, 12 months ago you started a whatsapp group and and what was just individual people living in a street has now become a community it might seem very small but maybe god is doing something there it may be a new opportunity that you have had over this lockdown period and at first you thought this was just for a moment just for this uh season you've you started a a new interest or a new hobby or, or a new connection with someone or a group of people has taken place as you've lived in a different way and maybe at first you thought this is just for a season just for now but actually as you reflect on the journey of the last 12 months maybe God is up to something there and God is asking you not to not to ignore it, to reject it, just to move on. But God is saying to you, please pay attention to what I'm doing in that small beginning. So maybe it's a new relationship or a new opportunity or maybe a, a new rhythm. There are, there are things that you've started to do over these last 12 months that perhaps in ordinary life you never would have done, but they're life giving. They're changing you. They're making you a better you and therefore you're, you're better in the, in the community and in the, in your relationships with others and you don't want to lose that. And God is saying pay attention. Pay attention to that small beginning. It seems so insignificant, but I want you to pay attention because small insignificant things grow into mighty works of God. Something that trickles at the beginning ends up as a mighty river. A very small seed that's planted ends up as a, as a huge uh, tree. That's the kingdom principle. So what is it? that God has started in you in these last 12 months, that he's saying today, hey, pay attention. And he's sending me, perhaps, like he sent Zechariah, to say, look, don't ignore it. Don't forget about it. Don't get frustrated or disappointed that it's just a small thing and seems insignificant. Perhaps you've been at it for a while, even a few years, and still not a lot has changed. Remember the kingdom principle. Things start small. And maybe over over a long period of time, it still looks small and insignificant. Those numbers are small at the beginning, but suddenly those numbers, it will increase. The flow will get deeper as you... Say to yourself and to God, I know it's not going to be by my might or by my spirit, but it is going to be by your power, says the Lord. So pay attention to those small beginnings for your sake, for all our sakes, for God's kingdom sake, for the sake of where he has placed you and the people that you are with right there. We're going to uh, share communion together now. We're going to break bread and uh, drink wine. And uh, it's the weirdest thing, isn't it, doing it in this context, because the whole point of this is that we're together. That's the whole heart of it. It's the, the people of God together. Uh, and uh, and we recognise the kind of um, uh, uh, the the challenge of that right now. But we break bread because we are together, because we're one in Jesus. We're one in his purpose in our lives and in the world. We're in Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And it all flows from the altar, from the cross of Jesus Christ. So we break bread, remembering that Jesus's body was broken on the cross and in a moment or two we'll share the wine remembering that his death brings us life. Wine that was an anticipation that in God's economy there is always a future. You'll drink again anew in the kingdom of heaven. So let us pray. We thank you that the life of God flows from the altar. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We put our trust in his death and resurrection all over again. On the cross he carried my wrong, my guilt, my shame my disappointments, my brokenness, my diseases, my heartaches, my injustices, all laid on him. Everything that is dark about my life was laid on him. No wonder the skies went black. No wonder Jesus was separated from his father as all that separates was laid upon him. And then he cried, it is finished, because he'd taken it all, all my, all my wrong, my guilt, my shame, my disappointments, my regrets, all my brokenness, taken on the cross. And he rose again as proof that it was all dealt with, all conquered, all finished. And he poured out his spirit on those early disciples and called them to live for his praise and glory and something small in that upper room began the change for the whole world and here we are today 2,000 years later celebrating that kingdom principle but a small beginning has grown into something incredible around the world and so we eat the bread with thankful, thankful hearts. And we drink the wine in Jesus' honour, saying that we're all in. Jesus gave everything for us and we'll give everything back to Him. We're all in. We're ready to be rebooted, to be powered up in His Kingdom purpose. Your death, oh Lord, we remember. Your resurrection we confess and your final coming we await. Glory be to you, O Christ, for Christ has died. Christ is risen and Christ shall come again. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Not by might. Or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do not despise, do not reject, do not overlook the small beginnings, the things that God has already started. God bless you this week.